Welcome to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there is anything in this message that you would like to talk about further, please go to our website, www.cofcpenrith.org. That's www.cofcpenrith.org. Henry Noun was quoted saying this, Spiritual disciplines are a means to prevent everything in your life from becoming filled up. It means wherever you're not occupied, or you're certainly not preoccupied, it means to create that space in which something can happen that you hadn't planned or counted on. As we open up this next section of our, um, of our series of exploring what spiritual disciplines is, the O in that worship, the O in that worship is openness to a God that, can't control, that you can't control, practices that let the light in. Even though we are the light of the world, that with Jesus living through us, we need to actually allow that light to be let into our hearts for us to be able to fulfill what we are purposed for. So this is spiritual practices spiritual disciplines and opportunities to be able to create space in our lives for God to be able to move in ways that we have never expected or never thought was possible. So this morning we're going through, and yes there is a big list, but we are going through a whole heap of things that I'm hoping just to be able to touch on. It's going to be a little bit different from last week, but I'm hoping to be able to touch on uh, each one of these and to be able to offer or invite you into, some, into a space that could possibly start reshaping the way that you think reshaping the way that you, uh, that you have looked at spiritual disciplines, but more is to be able to create space for God to move in, in, in ways that you may have never thought before. You may have been in a space that you've been doing this, but this is to create a space that can go beyond what we've actually thought of before. So in that, we're going to be going through contemplation, examine, iconography, journaling, pilgrimage, Practice, practicing the presence, rest, retreat, self-care, simplicity, slowing, teaching, and unplugging. Now, I'm not going to go through every single one of them. I'm just going to introduce you to them and actually make that biblical reference to it. And then throughout the week, starting from tomorrow, we have spaces that will actually start breaking down what these are. And this is what the whole week is, is all for, for us to be able to create opportunities to, to accept the invite. Not just accept the invite of this space, but accept the invite of what God is doing and where he wants us to go. Not only as a church here in Penrith, but as individuals in the life that he's actually sent you into. So, what is opening ourselves to God? Opening myself to God. So, it's noticing when someone shows up for us is an important part of developing a relationship. But the truth is, when we can become so preoccupied with all that we have to do in life, we look straight through people even when we start connecting with them. We either are exhausted or preoccupied by the things that we haven't done or are yet to do or that we've done, that we are never actually present in the conversations that we have, even in this physical relationship. Imagine what that's like when we come to create space with God. 
Do you find that? Do you find that when, when there's so much things going on in your life that you don't feel open to what God is doing in the present? I'm not too sure about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm in that category. I'm in that category, and I actually have to intentionally step into that, that period to be able to hear what God is saying in that moment, for that moment, and also for future references. Being open and present for others doesn't happen automatically. It requires intention and desire. If we cannot develop human relationships, on, we cannot develop human relationships on the fly. We also cannot expect to develop the divine friendship without intent and desire itself. And when I'm talking about the divine, is that that's with God. That's the the relationship God wants to have with us, and that we're purposeful. Intentionality in learning to notice when God shows up is a huge part of our spiritual journey. After all, we cannot open ourselves to someone we do not even notice. So sometimes, and especially for me, as I've been journeying this, especially this, this, this period here that I'm in at the moment, is that if I'm not intentionally seeking God, I'm not noticing what he's doing in my life. I'm not noticing what he's wanting to bring up and I'm not noticing what he's wanting to change in my life to be able to gain closer clarity to my purpose at this point. The spiritual discipline, so the openness spiritual discipline that we're going through today, helps us pay attention to our lives and, the, and God's activity within them. They open us to truths about ourselves. So I'm going to do a bit of a warning here that if you decide to go into this, there may be something that comes up into your life that may be, feel like a little bit uncomfortable. And may, for me, when I've, when I've stepped into some of these places, what I've found is that sometimes things come up that I think that I've worked through, that I think that I've let go to God, but really I haven't. And it becomes that, that notion of, all right, God, why is this coming up? And how do I let go of it? For me to be able to open myself for you to be able to reign in my heart, not for my selfish ambitions. Inevitability, and inevitability of one truth leads to another and another. The more we tell God the truth about ourselves, the more authentic our relationships with the Trinity can be. The opening disciplines specifically address how to make space in the crowded life to notice the movements of the Spirit of God. We can it can also take us deeper into spaces of knowing how we are accepted, received, and lovingly known by God. And it is receiving this love that moves us into true worship. So the first one this morning that we're going to be exploring is contemplation. In a book, The Shattered Lantern, it expresses contemplation this way. Contemplation is about waking up, not just physically waking up from sleep, but waking our spirits up to be contemplative is to experience an event fully and all of its aspects. So does your soul desire this? Does it desire to wake up to the presence of God in all things? 
practicing the presence of God, the breath prayer, simple prayer, and prayer of the heart, taking time to truly see and gaze on life, your own circumstances, the art that surrounds you in the masterpiece of what God has already created and the scripture that is provided for us to be able to sit there and read through, reflect on and impart into our lives. The refusing of compulsion to go everywhere and see everything and try out all that is novel. And I express and emphasise that novel word. Reflecting on experiences so as to benefit from the actual happening of them. The sensitivity and obedience to God's revelation. The savouring, the symbolic nature of life and all of its aspects through faith. And noticing how symbols can give meaning to particular actions whether the symbols are negative or positive. But if you're contemplating what's going on in your life, you're open to see what is positive and what is negative and what is going to give you life and what is going to bring you death. In Acts 17, it says this, His purpose was for all nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward Him and find Him. Though he is not far from any one of us, for in him we live and move and exist. We are his offspring. I don't know about you, but just reflecting on just that last bit. We are his offspring. I've said many a times over the last couple of months that It's hard for me to grasp that we are his handiwork. We are his masterpiece. But this just lays another layer on top. We are his offspring. So I don't know about you, me in in my short period of, um, of parenting, you want to give everything and all to your kids. You want to make sure that you're inputting and letting them have the best or better than what you actually had in your emotional, spiritual and physical God wants to do that every day to us because we are his offspring. God is in his creation and close to every one of us. But he's not trapped in the creation. He is transcendent. Now, that's a sermon on its own. So we'll go into that another day. But he is transcendent. God is the creator, not the creation. This means that God is sovereign and in control, while at the same time he is close and personal. We are hasty people bent on experiencing as much as life can give. The faster we move, the more we can see, the more that we can do and the more that we can produce. The more we network, the more options are ours. The more options we have, the more living we can do. For many of us, this very notion of slowing down or saying no to any option is repugnant. We crowd our schedules, our diaries and our outlook and we still run late. 
but at least we can get what's worth in our money, in every aspect of our life. I'm not too sure about you, but I've fallen into that trap several times. But what is contemplation? Contemplation is not just having those experiences or experiences in general. It opens us wide to what life is all about, that abundant life, not just living, not just existing, but it opens us up to reflecting to what life is actually is. Experiences that can be lost in us in a mad rush to simply accumulate more. Contemplation invites us, here's the invitation, it invites us to enter into the moment with a heart, that moment that whatever we're experiencing in that circumstance, with a heart alive to whatever might be happening. It is not just thinking about or analysing an event or person. Contemplation asks us to see with faith, hope and love. It asks us to seek God in the meanings that is threaded throughout our days and our years and even every moment that we have. So that our experiences of being embodied by the the Trinity or the true life of God deepens and grows. So is your heart desiring just to contemplate? And next one this morning is examine. The examine. It's a very hard word because some people sit there and see the examine of life and everything. But the examine is a practice of discerning the voice and activity of God within the flow of the day. It is a vehicle that creates deeper awareness of God-given desires in our individual, personal life. Do we desire this? Does your soul desire this? Listen to this. To reflect on where you or I uh, was most throughout the day and at least present in God's love in every part of your day, not just the parts that you want to invite him into, but in every part of your day. Where was he most and where was he least? Where did we actually allow him to come into our lives? In this discipline, it allows us to come into the presence of God and ask questions that actually don't just seek answers, but actually change and modify our lives to be able to be more open to God, to be able to seek that transformation that it is readily available, not only in the scriptures, but also in the spirit. It gets us to ask questions such as, what moment today was I most grateful for? and also least grateful for. When did I give and receive the most love today? And again, the least love. What was the most life-giving part of my day? When today today, did I have the deepest connection with God, other people, and myself? Most of the time, When we're trying to connect with others and God, we tend to leave ourselves to last. But we actually need to know our circumstances. As I said a couple of weeks ago, we need to know ourselves, know our God with the linchpin of the Holy Spirit for us to actually transform into who God has got us to go. And then again, 
Where was the least of that? So where was the least connection with God, with others, and, and ourselves? Next question would be, was there a point in my day where I was aware of living out of the fruit of the Spirit? And then was there a point in my day where I was aware of living out of my own ambition? And the last one that you could ask in this space would be, where did I experience desolation, which is emptiness or loneliness? And where did I find consolation, which is comfort? There's some of the questions that you could ask just in this space to be able to reflect and redefine what God is doing in your life in your everyday. In Philippians, it says this, Philippians 1, it says, I pray that your love will overflow, uh, overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. In other translations, it says it this way, or revelation of spirit in sight in all things. Revelation in spirit in sight in all things. The Greek word the Greek word for insight is, and I'm, I'm sorry that I may not pronounce this right, but is atheist. This is used numerous times in the Septuagint. Septuagint. There it is, Septuagint, which is a version of the Greek Bible in the early Christian days, referring to the practical understanding of linking life together. In this word that implies walking out the truth, not just saying that you're living out the truth, it actually it implies us walking out the truth in our everyday. That it actually sits there and we are able to reveal the insight into everything that is happening through Christ, not through us. It could also be translated as experience is another English word that can actually translate into that. Many translations render it discernment as well, so experience discernment in that. But yet, it is more discerning about something. It means to experience the reality of something, but not just that, is to actually apply it to our lives. So more than just discerning. It goes on in Philippians and it says this, for I want you to understand what really matters. I sort of should have paused in that just for a moment. What really matters to you? Where is your desires? If we could stop it just there, if we could sit there and go, God wants us to understand what really matters to us first, because from that is the birthing of openness and what our heart is actually going to receive so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Throughout the centuries, prayerful people have found direction for their lives through the practices of examine, also known as the examination of the consciousness. The examine is a foundational aspect of the spiritual exercise of a Saint Ignatius Lola, who was in the period of the 14, uh, 1400s, 1500s. Ignatius was certain, uh, was, oh sorry, was concerned, was concerned that the missionaries that, were, that he was involved in, in the societies, 
would know how to detect the movement of God in their lives before they actually ministered to anybody. He believed that the discernment came out of the awareness of how God was moving uniquely in every soul. But first they had to look inside themselves. The examine provides a way for us to notice where God is showing up in every aspect, not just, as I said before, where we invite him into. It is a practice that attends to what we might otherwise miss and then it allows us to press into. Disregarding all the busyness of our days, our work, our family and things like that, but being present in that moment. The questions of examine open up, the questions that I said before, it opens up our attention to how God internally moves within us and that he is present in our external comings and goings. They lead us to listening deeply into the data, the data download that goes from here to our hearts in our lives. The next one for this morning is iconography. Historical Christians' iconography is a way of pondering through uh, pondering God through visual images of saints, biblical characters and events. When you open up a Bible, everyone can sit there and say that they know a character within the Bible uh, or an influential people within the Bible that has gone before us. So does your soul desire this, for those historians out there, to open myself to knowing God through the visual shorthand of icons? I'm not saying making idols. What I'm saying is that there's people that have gone before us that God has used in ways that we can only, some of us have even said that that won't even happen today. Where God is saying, yeah, it is. Yeah, it can. I want to move through you. Which portrays the life of biblical characters, events, and seasoned saints. In Exodus, it says this. Exodus 31, and I've used this story before, but it is a perfect story to outline because this is one of the ones that are personal to me as well. The Lord then said to Moses, Look, I have specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. Do you remember what Bezalel means? The meaning of Bezalel is under the shadow of God. That is something that, me personally, I would love to actually take into my every day, my every action, to be under the shadow of God. So Bezalel, the son of Uri, the grandson of Hur, and the, from the tribe of Judah, I have filled him with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. That was his gifting. That was his ability. What is your gifting? What is your ability? Sorry, that's another, that's another sermon in itself. But Bezalel, he was a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master of every craft. How good would that be to actually have that written over your life? Replace he with your name. For me, Adam 
is a master at every craft that God has blessed me in. Do that for yourself. See what God does in that space. So maybe that iconography could be something that actually invites you into a space of allowing God in a different way. The next one, and I know a lot of people do this one, um, but there's no spiritual desire behind it. So today I'm going to invite you into, actually when you do this, to put a spiritual desire by and actually ask God into this space, and that is journaling. Journaling is a tool of reflecting on God's presence, his guidance, and also the nurturing in the daily comings and goings. Journals can be kept regular or during a time of transition. So does your soul desire this? Remember, and I'll continually keep on saying this, know your circumstance to be able to see what your soul is desiring at this moment. So does your soul desire this? To be alert to your life through, through writings and reflectings on God's presence and, and activity in and around and through you. In Habakkuk 2, it says this, I will climb to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. The watchman or the watchtower often used by the prophets to show the, an attitude of expectation. Here we find Habakkuk's attitude of patiently waiting and watching for God's response. So when he says, I will climb to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. Back in the day, stone watchtowers were built in, on city walls to have the best vantage point and vision of approaching enemies or messengers. Habakkuk wanted to stress his yearning to be in the best position to receive God's message for him personally. Is that what you want? Do you want to be in the best position to be able to receive what God is wanting to do in, through and around you? And then Habakkuk goes on and says this, There I will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Those of you who like the journal, the invitation is to actually involve God into it, not just commit it to him. Next one is pilgrimage. A few different definitions around uh, pilgrimage, but I want to bring God into this space right now. And that is pilgrimage is a practice of walking to a holy site with prayerful intentions to be more than just a tourist as well as being prayerfully attentive to the Holy Spirit's movement within. Walking to a holy site with prayerful intention to be more than just a tourist. Then there are just powerful words that you can just sit there and just allow the, allow the Spirit just to manifest in your heart. But does your, does your soul desire this? to go on an outer journey that would lead me closer to God. In Psalm 84, verse 5, it says this, What joy for those whose strength comes from the Lord, who have set their minds on a pilgrimage to Jerusalem. Do you know back in the day that the people of faith used to physically move themselves 
from where they lived to the Passover in prayerful intention to see what God is going to do in through their lives. That Passover meal that we celebrate every well, every year for those that don't do it every week, but every week during that Lord's communion. Yeah? The next one this morning is practicing the presence. I'm hoping that you guys are jotting these down, writing these down, and, and these Bible verses, even though that I, uh, I'm going through them quickly because we've got a whole heap of them. I'm hoping that you're jotting them down, that you can manifest uh, on them later on. So practicing the presence. Practicing the presence is an invitation. Here's the invitation again. To see and experience every moment as a gift of God. It is to live alive to the unity of the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, does your soul desire this? To develop a continual openness and awareness of God's presence living in me, living in you. In Colossians 3, it says this, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in his glory. That is an art by itself, just sitting in that and knowing that we are dead to our sin, that we are dead to our old lives, that we are dead to what is holding us back. And if we allow God to come into us just for that moment, that he will reveal what he has destined in the, in the life through Christ. The next one this morning is rest. Now, I can turn around and say anybody with kids or have gone through kids uh, at, a, at a young age, this is what a lot of people are yearning for. But what I'm inviting you into this morning is not just to sleep rest, but actually be intent what God wants us to rest in. So entering into rest deepens our honouring of God-given limits. Be paying attention to the physical, the mental and the spiritual needs of your body. We learn when and how to rest. I'm going to emphasise that. We learn when and how to rest. Does your soul desire this? To honour God and your human limitations through restful rhythms in your life. I'm going to say that again. Does your soul desire this? To honour God and your human limitations through restful rhythms in your life. I've said, and I'll bang on it over and over and over again, the only limits God has is the ones that we place in through our lives. It says here, your human limitations. It doesn't say the limitations of God. Noticing those restful rhythms. In Psalm 116.7 it says this. Let your soul be at rest again. For the Lord has been good to me. In another version it says this. In the Passion Translation it says this. Now I can say to myself and to all relax and rest. Be confident and serene. For the Lord rewards fully those who simply trust in him. Do you trust God to be able to rest in him? 
Do you trust God to be able to reveal in you where and how to rest? The next one this morning is retreat. Retreats are specific and regular times apart for quality listening to God and delighting in his company. Retreats remove us from the daily battle into times of refreshing, retooling, renewing and unwinding. Now this is something that I was very uncomfortable with last year. Last year during a little bit of the studies that I did through um, Fresh Hope, uh, one of the things that we got invited into was to go on a 24-hour retreat of silence and solitude to be able to see what God was saying in that space. And I'm going to be honest, for probably the first five hours, I was going, this is ridiculous, I'm not getting anything out of this. I was sitting there going, just let it be over, watching the clock, until I allowed God into that space. And boy, did he show up. That's why I'm so much about these spiritual practices, is that we can say that we want to do it, we can say that we're getting forced into it or that we're just doing it just because. But as soon as you let God into that space and when he shows up, wow. Does your soul desire this? To pull back from the daily life and spend extended time with God? You may go on a retreat for a couple of hours, for half a day, for a day, for a week or longer, but intentionally allowing God to move through that. One of the most quoted texts, but sadly not embraced within the Bible, is from Psalm. Psalm 23, 2-3. It says this, He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. The Hebrew word manure, no, it's not manure, it's manure, means the waters of a resting place. So he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside the waters of a resting place. And he doesn't stop there. He renews my strength. So many people know that verse. But honestly, how many people actually impart that into our lives? When we allow God, our shepherd, to guide us, we have contentment. When we choose to go our own way, well, we can't blame God for the environment that we create ourselves. Which brings me to my next one, self-care. Self-care honours God by nurturing and protecting the limits and desires of our bodies that he has blessed us with, our minds and our spirits. Does your soul desire this? To value myself as my heavenly father values me. Do you see yourself as God sees you? Do you value your body as a temple that he has created, as the masterpiece of his handiwork, or do you just see yourself as having to get day by day 
that's a challenge in itself. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, it says this, Don't you realize that together you have become God's inner sanctuary and that the Spirit of God makes his permanent home in you? Why would God want to live in somebody that he does not see as his handiwork? He's created everything that we see, everything that we breathe, everything that is gone, everything that is yet to come, but yet he decides to dwell in us. Why would that be? God revealed his presence in the Old Testament temple, physical temple, by filling it with the cloud of glory. The New Testament inner sanctuary is now the church. We are the church where God dwells amongst us in his spirit. Self-care, knowing yourself. The next one is one that's, that's pretty much to me. This is, this is one that I absolutely love. And for those that like to not have as many distractions in life, simplicity. Simplicity cultivates the great art of letting go. Simplicity aims to loosen inordinate attachments to owning and having in your life. Simplicity brings freedom and with it, generosity. Does your soul desire this? Does it desire to uncomplicate and untangle your life so I can focus on, so you could focus on what really matters? In Matthew 6.21, it says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your hearts will also be. In Philippians 4.11.13, in the Passion Translation, it says this, I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. Full stop. I have, been, I have learned to be satisfied in any circumstance. I know what it means to lack, and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance. This is Paul writing to the, uh, the church of Philippi. For I am trained in the secret of overcoming all things. Here's the secret for you this morning. You're trained in that as well. You just need to seek what the Spirit is doing. Whether in fullness or in hunger. And I will find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. I'm going to say that one more time because this is probably the, the thing that ties this whole verse together is that I will find that strength that Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. Paul in his pri- had his priorities straight and he was grateful for everything that God had given him. He had detached himself from non-essentials so that he could concentrate on the eternal. Paul had detached himself from the non-essentials so that he could, he could concentrate on the eternal. Got a couple more this morning. Three more. So the next one is slowing. Slowing is one way to overcome inner hurriedness and addiction to busyness, whether that be through work, family, life in general. Through slowing... The sacrament of the present moment is tasted to its full. Does your soul desire this? To curb your addiction to busyness. 
to hurriedness, to workaholism, to learn to savour the moment. So in a more simpler term, to be a human being, not a human doing. Be in the moment. In Mark, in his recollection of the miracle of the 5,000, before anything happened, before any miracle was, was shown, before any teachings happened whatsoever, the disciples had just returned to Jesus after their ministry tour. The first thing that Jesus did is he turned around to his disciples and he said this, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Slow down so that you can rest with Jesus just for a while. Our next one this morning is teachability. Teachability is an openness to learn from God no matter who the teacher or what the experience may be. Are you teachable? I'm not talking about in the knowledgeable sense. I'm talking about in the spiritual sense. Does your soul desire this? To remain a long life learner who is continually open for the fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. doesn't matter who the teacher is. As I've said before in previous months before, is that that intergenerational teaching from First Peter, where it says doesn't matter who it comes from, that we are open to hear what God is saying through them. In Matthew 22, 29, it says this, Your mistake is that you don't know the Scriptures and you don't know the power of God. You need to be teachable in that. In John 5, it says this, You search the Scriptures because you think they give you eternal life, but the Scriptures point to me yet you refuse to come to me to receive this life. Second last one for this morning. Oh, no, it's the last one for this morning. I've lost my place. So our last one for this morning as we wrap it up is unplugging. Unplugging calls us to leave the virtual world of technology behind. And that's hard to do at the moment. It's hard to do in this space that we're in, in the climate that we are. Yes, it's good to connect through the things that we're doing at the moment because it's the only way we can connect and we are made to be in connection. But this is an intentional unplugging. Unplugging calls us to leave the virtual world of technology behind. Our computers, our emails, our cell phones, our iPads, our iPods, etc. In order to become present to God and others. There is moments in our lives that we need to turn to technology, especially during this time. But then there is moments that we need to sit there and go, I don't need those distractions. I need to focus on what God's doing. Does your soul desire this, to intentionally be fully present to and uninterrupted in all interactions with God and others? In Ecclesiastes 2, it says this, So what do people get in this life for all, they, all their hard work and anxiety? Their days of labour are filled with pain and grief. Even at night, their minds 
cannot rest. I've been at this place several times when I've not allowed myself to unplug. Unplugging recognises that personal beings are created for personal interaction by a personal God. We need uninterrupted spaces in our lives, even if it is for a short amount of time, for the presence of God and the presence of others. So we've gone through everything this morning. We've gone through everything uh, in that invitation of openness. And in that we've gone through contemplation, examine, iconography, journaling, pilgrimage, practicing the presence, rest, retreat, self-care, simplicity, slowing, teachability, and unplugging. I'm hoping this invites you into something that you've never really experienced or something that you have experienced, but you want to actually examine and impart into your life. Don't forget, this isn't just a Sunday service. This is an invitation into the rest of the week where we're starting to open up spaces that can allow us to go deeper, but we just need to choose to do that. If we choose to allow God into our lives, this is one thing that I can guarantee. He will not let us down. And if we intentionally ask him to come in, he will always show up. Are we actually seeing where he shows up? Let me pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for... Uh, discovering or rediscovering what it means to be open to you. Lord, I pray that these spiritual disciplines that you've invited us into this morning, that they're not just something that uh, that we implement, that we actually embrace and make it in every part of our day, every part of our life. Lord, thank you in advance for what you're going to do in our life, in the life of the church. And I pray that you go before us and the spaces that are created during the week for your presence to be evident and be the main focus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, joining us this morning. I'm hoping that you're not just feeling encouraged, you're not just feeling blessed, but you are invited into a space that can deepen your relationship with God. Have a great week and I'll see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Penrith Church of Christ. If there was anything in this message that you would like to talk further about, please go to our website on www.cofcpenrith.org www.cofcpenrith.org